War never changes. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. Hey, what's going on? How is everyone tonight? Welcome to Let's Talk Video Games. I'm Walter Nunez, and I am the host of this show. And today we'll be talking about the new fighters that are coming to Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, because last week we got the announcement of these um, Minecraft characters coming to Super Smash. And now we got three announcements for Mortal Kombat fighters, which are pretty attractive, to be honest. And we'll also be talking about the medium, who, the the game that gets this um the gets its release date. One of the I'll say strong cards, at least for this year, for Xbox is this game. It's a horror game that kind of merges two worlds, and you know we can we can finally prepare wallets for it. It's not going to be too expensive, so that's cool too, and. Um, at the very end of the podcast for, for this episode, we'll be talking about, you know, the first in-depth information about the PlayStation 5, because we got to see some videos of uh, hands-on for the PlayStation 5 and also the inside of the console, the boards, we saw some gameplay, uh, like actual gameplay running on the console, and, you know, we'll be talking about that a little bit uh, later on. So, uh, without further ado, we... We will be starting with Mortal Kombat 11 because, um, you know, we, we said, uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, that these um, Super Smash characters that are coming to the game are making Super Smash kind of a museum for video games, you know? And I said that Mortal Kombat is doing the same thing, but for the horror and action genre in general. Because we got um, characters like uh, the Xenomorph from, from Alien, we got uh, Schwarzenegger's Terminator, we got Leatherface, we got Jason, we got Robocop, we got the Joker. It's, it's kind of um, a place where, where all of these uh, really important characters, badass or terrifying characters, can, you know, just fight. Uh, brutally, actually. Uh, that's pretty cool. And... This week, we got three new characters that are going to be part of the uh, Combat Pack 2. And the first one that was presented in this kind of um, cinematic was Rain, who appeared for the first time in uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Uh, yeah, I think so, if I'm not mistaken. And he's famous for having, like, water powers. And all of these powers have been completely reimagined. And they actually look pretty cool. And there's also this ability that he kind of opens uh, portals to another dimension that's like full of water. So so that that's that's pretty interesting too. The next character, uh, well, fighter presented was Melina. This um, character was kind of a surprise because the co-creator, uh, sorry, the co-creator from uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. Ed Boon constantly said that Melina was not joining Mortal Kombat 11. However, 
here she is. And, you know, she now has this razor sharp claws. Um, it's, it's a really fan favorite. Um, it's one of the characters that the, the fans love the most. Pretty cool to play. Uh, brutal as hell. So uh, I'm really happy about that. And the last fighter, I think it's the one that is probably the most surprising of all because it's John Rambo from, you know, the, the Rambo movies. And I think it's a step in the right direction, especially if you if you take into account that we've been seeing uh, characters from movies, action movies in Mortal Kombat for a while now. As I said, there's Robocop, there's uh, Schwarzenegger, there's the Xenomorph that it's kind of a started more like a horror movie franchise, but then transformed like in action and uh, jumping between genres, but whatever. And the the Rambo movies have always been very, very uh, popular for being quite uh, brutal and quite gory. So it just makes sense. It, it fits the theme of the game perfectly. And... Um, some something that was really really uh, making me happy is that the the character is voiced by Sylvester Stallone. So you know it adds to the to the character. The model the the way you're going to see John Rambo in the game is as you saw it on uh, Rambo First Blood. So he's a young Rambo. He's really really uh, strong and brutal. And so, as I said, these these three characters are going to be presented as a Mortal Kombat. I'm sorry, the Combat Pack Two, and it will be available on November 17. Now, November 17 is a really close date to uh, release date of the next generation of consoles, the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X, and they, you know, NetherRealm knows that, and they presented they announced also Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate that's going to have all DLCs included and uh, it will also be available for the next generation of consoles so it will have you know uh, you can you can now kill people uh, slash them and you know just uh, take their heads in 4k at 60 frames per second and with a little bit of a ray tracing so um, let's talk about now the medium the Blubber team, it's the developer of this game, finally announced the release date for their newest game. The medium is coming to Xbox and PC on December 10. Now, let's let's talk about uh, this game a bit, because it, it, it is quite interesting. Um, the premise is that there is a mystery that involves spirits, and therefore you, you have to go solve it because you're a medium. You will be in an old communist resort where your abilities will help you unravel like the secrets of the place and you know get to the to the to the really core of the problem there. I think the most interesting thing is is like the main mechanic of the game that it's working on both the real world and the spirit world at, at the same time. They are both similar, but at the same time, again, they're very, very different. And you will have to do, like, um, it is, uh, you know, explained as a as an out-of-body experience that will allow you to travel uh, where your physical self cannot go. 
And now, why am I excited about this? The thing is, this gameplay, this specific gameplay, uh, or way the game is played, that that Blobber team, uh, Bluber team, it's not Blobber, I'm sorry, Bluber team, uh, created these these um these two worlds at the same time is very unique. So unique, in fact, that the idea, the gameplay, is uh is already patented, and it just says a lot about it, you know. If you have a gameplay that's so so different to what everything el everyone else is doing, and you are able to you know patent it, it's it's a good thing. Hopefully, at least at least it's unique. You know, it could be a failure, but you will won't be able to see this in any other place unless Bloober Team allows it. So, and if the medium is a success, uh, just you know don't get your hopes on and. Um, The genre of the of the game is horror, but more specifically, it's, it's um psychological horror. Some of the games that are very popular on these on this genre are Amnesia, or Silent Hill, Outlast, uh, Resident Evil 7. and you know it's it's a popular genre, especially in the last uh, years, because it's way more than just uh, jump scares. The medium delves into an ambiguous story where not everything is what it appears and everything has like another side, you know, like quite literally, no pun intended. The interesting thing about this story is that the game provides you with certain stuff that can change your perception of things. And as you get more and more information, the way you see stuff changes. I just want to know how that really works. Like, can you make different choices that affect the the overall story, or literally things are changing, like visually, maybe in the spirit world or in the in the real world? It's it's going to be something that that's uh, worth checking out. The price tag is not a, it's not a lot. I think it's like thirty dollars. So you know, it's quite affordable too. And as I said, it's uh, available on December 10. It's going to be available on the Xbox Series X, on the on, on Xbox, and it's going to be available on PC, both on Steam and the uh, Microsoft Store. Now let's move to the PlayStation 5. Um, you know, the PlayStation 5 uh, release date was officially announced like a few weeks ago, and With it, there were a batch of uh, pre-orders that were finished quite quickly. However, we didn't have the whole picture of the console yet. Uh, now, I think we have pretty much everything. We're missing like two things. Uh, because Sony provided uh, some Japanese, or well, I don't know if they were Japanese, but influencers from Japan, the console, and uh, they even got the chance to play some games in it. We are think I think we're only missing the official um display of the user interface or UI of this console. So let's talk about this new information. The first thing that impressed me was the size of the console because it is huge. It is uh 39 centimeters tall or uh 15.4 inches for my US friends. Um, which is quite a lot, you know, it's very tall, it's a very tall console, and it's very, very slim. And 
I am not a fan of it, you know? I I think it's not a good idea to have a slim console that's so tall because it just screams accidents, you know? It just... Any, any sort of uh, involuntary movement near the console can uh, just make it crash, you know? Like, drop it and maybe damage it or maybe just, uh, you know, destroy it completely. Something inside gets absolutely smashed. I don't know. It's it's not a good thing having these tall things with not a uh, very sturdy support. And while I think Sony kind of uh, thought about it, they still wanted to go on that direction. Now, the, the base of the console, it is said to be very very sturdy like it's going to uh, be able to uh, um, get some like movement and not 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 going to drop the console but um, I, I still don't like it however as always you can change it from the vertical position to the horizontal position you know it's not going to be so easy as just like moving it you will have to unscrew the base because again it's it's supposed to be very sturdy and you have to again uh screw it screw it on on the other side for you to have a, a horizontal placement on your PlayStation 5 which is uh i don't know is it hard nah no not really you know but is it inconvenient yeah yeah it is kind of inconvenient uh, you know, even Xbox announced uh, or mocked this process by explaining that in order to get your Series X horizontally, you just had to move it. So, um, I mean, I, I don't think it was a great design thing from the very start. You don't want a console that's so slim, so tall, because kids play video games. Kids exist. What I really like about the Xbox Series X is that it's it's literally a box and for you to to drop it or you know like uh make it like stumble or anything it's going to be very hard. I don't see that with uh PlayStation 5 being uh placed vertically. I don't I, I don't think it is like a game changer because again you can you can just put your PlayStation 5 horizontally. So it's not a big deal, but uh, it is inconvenient. It is quite inconvenient. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the new controller, the new DualSense controller. The PlayStation 4 controller had a lot of issues. Being the the first one, the you know the battery duration, and uh, it was especially difficult because they had like this huge light coming from the back of the controller that served absolutely no purpose. So, you could play some time uh, wireless, but then you had to connect your um, controller to the PlayStation 4 for you to continue playing, you know, uh, after a, a while. And I think Sony uh, also knows that this was a big problem because they changed uh, and they tackled this problem. Now, the LEDs are, are still there, you know, the LEDs, but they are smaller and way more discreet and they don't take as much energy as the ones on the PlayStation 4. You can now see the LEDs on the sides of the middle part of the controller 
And honestly, they look very, very elegant. There's also another change that I think is one of the most important ones, and it's that the controller now has uh, haptic feedback instead of the old rumble technology. The haptic feedback is a way more accurate you know, technology that provides immersion and a better simulation of the vibrations you are feeling in-game. Instead of giving a homogeneous big or small rumbling, you will feel what happens in a much better way. This um, specification, I think, has not been talked about a lot. And I don't know why, you know, people always talk about, people always talk about um, ray tracing, people talk about the teraflops, that they don't even know what that is, the frame rate, and yeah, I mean, frame rate is very obvious, but sometimes ray tracing people don't notice. And this specific change in the controller is very, very notice noticeable. A lot of people, when they when they get the, their hands on their controller, are going to say, hey, this is great. This feels amazing. And while it is kind of a new technology, it's, it's not the first controller that has it. If you played or have um, a Joy-Con for the Nintendo Switch, you know, you know uh, what this haptic feedback is. They uh, changed the name of it. But it is haptic feedback. You can feel... there. There's a game, I don't remember the name right now, on Switch, where you have to, like, lift your controller and shake it, and you have to um, uh, guess how many balls are, like, supposedly inside your controller that's supposed to be a, a, a cup. So, this haptic feedback is so accurate that you can, like, feel balls bouncing inside your controller when there's absolutely no balls inside it and um, that that same technology is going to be present on the playstation 4 so it's going to be a very very noticeable change and you know after after seeing the controller we also saw a bit of uh, games played on playstation 5 being the first one a demo for astro's playroom that the, a game, you know, it's going to be pre-installed on your PlayStation 5, so you have something to play. And while the game is, it looks cute, it looks like a 3D platformer, like, um, kind of, a, honestly, kind of generic, I think the purpose of it is more to showcase what the PlayStation 5 can do, uh, you know, more than being a contestant for Game of the Year. Um, if you see, you know, you, it is obvious that they are very focused on showing the ray tracing, the frame rate, the, you know, the very, very uh, interesting and very well done textures on the whole uh, water, on sand, on everything. So I think it's a, it's a really cool way to make people know what you are doing. It kind of reminds me of these videos or movies that are shown on TVs when you are, you know, in a store or something that have no story or no logic behind them, but they look great. And they are there just for you to see how powerful are um, the specifications on the on the TV, you know? How are the colors? How, uh, how's the uh, resolution? Everything. And I think that's the equivalent 
to Astro's Playroom, but in a much better way. Instead of having a like a boring video, they created a whole game. So um, you can you can uh, showcase this game in stores, and people are going to be able to play a game that shows how good things are going to look in the console, and it's pre-installed. So I think it's a great move. It was a very smart one. And we also saw a little bit, and that I, I think it was um, I wasn't really happy about that because uh, Godfall was the one game that had the least time. It was like one fight, maybe. Um, it looks it looks super nice, but we didn't get like like a lot. So uh, that was that was sad. And we also saw another another three D platformer that's uh, Balland Wonderworld. It's okay. I don't know. It, it didn't like really caught my eye. Meh. I was I was expecting Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and I was surprised that that game wasn't presented because it was the perfect um the perfect chance for you to show that. I don't know. I I, I don't know why uh Insomnia Insomnia Games didn't like push forward for for a kind of demo on this, but eh, I suppose they know better. Now, uh, regarding the hardware of the PlayStation 5 stuff that we uh, didn't know until this week, we now, for example, which ports uh, the console will have. On the front, you'll have a USB Type-A port and a USB-C one. And in the back, you'll have two high-speed USB Type-A ports, one HDMI, one LAN port, and the AC port for electrical input. So it's, you know, it looks pretty standard to me. No surprises there. Uh, but there's one specific issue that Sony talked about. If any of you remember, uh, the first release of the PlayStation 4 made, made a lot of noise. Like, it was way too loud. It sounded like an engine of a airplane just, you know, uh, getting through the air. And this time, Sony tackled this problem by adding some small mechanisms that reduce the sound a lot. Some people have already tested the console and agree that, indeed, the console is very quiet. So that's that's okay. And uh, as I said before, we are still waiting for the user interface. That and how will the external storage work are the two mysteries, the two big mysteries we are still missing for the PlayStation 5. The, the release date is coming, uh, you know, closer and closer And we still don't have all the information. So why? Why won't you release the whole thing? Just let people know what's going on. What's in their consoles. How this will work. How this will look. You you want to sell, right? It's weird. And it's... Uh, I don't know. I'm not happy about that. But whatever, Sony. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think that's going to be everything for tonight. And... Uh, Oh, something something that was very interesting to me. I saw this uh, investigation done by, uh, I think, VGM in the U.S. where of all the people they interviewed, 72, 72% uh, <clears throat> pre-ordered the PlayStation 5 instead of the uh, Xbox Series X, which is very interesting. Again, I thought it was going to be more of a uh, closer fight. But I guess it makes sense. PlayStation 4 had some amazing, amazing exclusives. So 
people are just uh, thinking uh, that the PlayStation 5 will continue with this uh, series of games that are very, very cool. And now, yeah, that's that's everything for tonight. I uh, I am aware that I said that there was going to be a Star Wars review, a Star Wars Squadrons review uh, released this Monday, but I got caught up in another little project for the podcast. Um, as of now, you can uh, visit our own website. That's uh, letstalkvg.com. It's going to be in the description. And you can find there all of the episodes, links to all the platforms where the podcast is. You can listen to the episodes in the, in the website if you want to. And you can some find some uh, small posts, blog posts of stuff that, you know, don't like they they don't make the, the podcast episode, but they are worth uh, maybe talking a little bit. And um, another thing that I liked about the, the website is that you can comment on each of the posts and the um, episodes. So, you know, we can we can talk about a little bit about what you are thinking on this um, on this content I'm releasing. So, uh, yeah, just give it a go. It's again, let's talk VG.com. And the Star Wars Quadrants review is going to be uh, released now this Monday, uh, this following Monday, because it's almost done. It's almost finished. Just, you know, tweaking little things. So, until then, stay safe. Cheers. <laughs>